Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. David and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, 60 years of work experience, and four kids at last count. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. But before we head into that, Dave, um, we had talked previously on a previous podcast about selling and, and primarily selling on Amazon and eBay. Do you have any feedback for our listeners? Oh, just a little bit. I went to check this morning so I could follow up and say I was still not an authorized seller on Amazon, but I was pleasantly surprised. It worked like a charm. I listed my first nonfiction business book that I didn't read all the way through as a collectible, very good, for $10, and we'll see whether anybody bites. Yeah, you should give it a, you should give it a try. I think I started doing this a few years ago, and I learned a lot in the first, say, like five or ten sales. And again, I'm, it's not a business for me. I'm just trying to get the uh, accumulation of, of stuff that sits in our uh, apartments or houses and, and try to keep the accumulation of stuff down. Well, if any of our listeners are interested, it's a book called Presuasion by uh, Robert Cialdini, which will uh, fit in with the topic of our next podcast. And uh, if anybody can find it on um, uh, Amazon and sends me a note, I will autograph it with a Dave Squared signature block, and it'll be collectible someday. <laughs> I just uh, just noticed I dog-eared a bunch of pages on this book. I must have thought it was good. Perhaps you shouldn't be selling it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be calling a collectible if I dog-eared 20 pages. <laughs> anyway, so today I think we decided we're going to talk about buying used cars because uh, we both have had recent experiences. Uh, I bought a car yesterday, um, and uh, I did it in part because I was inspired by your experience, Dave. Um, you just bought a slightly used uh, sport utility vehicle, isn't that correct? I sure did. I bought uh, an SUV just at the at the end of December and uh, went ahead and uh, switched that out with my uh, 2005 uh, minivan and uh, bought an SUV from uh, Carvana, the, the online dealer that I think many listeners have probably seen advertised on TV in the last year or so. I, I haven't seen it advertised on TV, but I guess I don't watch that many commercials. I fast forward through them mostly and I haven't noticed it. Uh, but are, I think they're, are they based in um, Phoenix or Tempe? I believe they're based in Arizona. I think their offices are in Tempe. And the uh, car vending machine that they show on the commercial, they actually we actually got our car at the car vending machine that's in the uh, uh, Tempe, Arizona area. Well, that's exciting. Um, uh, yeah, because of your experience, because uh, they have a, a pr- uh, they have a good inventory, and I was looking for a pretty specific late model, well used Korean SUV, Kia Sorento specifically. Um, I was having trouble finding it, and uh, you notice they, those, those guys do barrage you on cars.com or carsdirect.com. And so I did, um, after I found out you did it with a, a pretty good experience, I pulled the trigger on it, and I was actually quite impressed with the customer service. 
I was going to have um, it delivered to the house, and I, they charged three hundred ninety nine dollars for that. But um, it was the car was coming from I don't know Hawaii or someplace ridiculous. Wow! And they would ship that. That's interesting to know because I do have I have bought a a car through Carvana, and my sister actually bought one, and I can talk about her experience as well. But I did not realize. Um, they would ship it from that far. And I think the interesting thing, like you've hit on the point, was that they are based here in Arizona, um, but you can look at their inventory and they'll ship the car for you. So in my case, um, I had a specific model that my wife was very interested in, in a specific color, and there was literally two vehicles that met that criteria that were for sale in the uh, metro area that I that I live in. and. Uh, the one was sold basically the day I was ready to go out there and take a look at it from the dealer. So I did use the Carvana service, but I think if you're willing to wait and have it shipped, then it kind of broadens your search quite a bit. And if you were interested in a specific model, like you said, or a certain color, they can get it for you and bring it to you. Yeah, in retrospect, I'm thinking about it. I was looking at the car facts on that. Is that what it's called? Um, and I think the car was from Hawaii, but I think it must have been shipping from Arizona. Because I ended up not buying it because they uh, pulled it to inspect it and said, uh, it, they called me back. It was supposed to be delivered uh, this Sunday, tomorrow. And they said, oh, it needs a replacement on one of the door seals and one of the chrome trims. And we're not going to get the part in time. So we'll, it'll be five days later than it said on the website. And, uh, I, you know, you and I are planning a trip to the snow and... Uh, perfect place for a slightly beat up uh suv with all-wheel drive so i had to cancel it but they were very nice about it uh hopefully my uh, uh payment won't get sucked out of my bank and i'll be disappointed with that yeah i had to i had to contact them a few times for customer support i was this was a christmas gift for my wife and what i was trying to do was trying to get the pickup i was trying to pick it up with my son the day before on christmas eve and I think I just didn't give it enough time, if you will, to get all the paperwork done. So I was a little disappointed by that, but that's probably just a function of me and planning. So we picked it up the 26th, which was kind of cool because we went to the actual delivery. We literally live about eight or nine miles to the south, almost due south of the car bending machine. So she got to go and see the thing come down from the top floor spins it around on a turntable and they play this uh, music for you to see. I'll have to send you the video so you can check it out. But it was pretty cool. And in that case, it doesn't cost me anything for delivery, obviously, because we're just driving um, eight miles from home to go pick it up and drive it back home since they're based here. Huh. I'd like to actually, I'm going to go after we're done on YouTube and look at those videos of the car vending machine. There's a, there's a company up here called City Lift that does these puzzle parking systems that we, we haven't installed one yet. This is for my work, but uh, for um, underground parking well, or above grade parking where um, you drive your car in, use your credit card or some kind of identification and it, it parks the car for you. It, it saves a lot of space because you can tandem park 50 cars or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a certainly an interesting thing. Certainly, well, for big city, right? Like perhaps San Francisco area or New York, uh, Chicago, maybe where you have to have get high parking density in. Uh, yeah, and when you're trying to encourage people to go underground with their parking, if you can uh, only have six foot clear instead of 
10 foot clear and you, anyway it saves a lot of excavation which particularly on dirty sites is extremely expensive mm-hmm. but sorry we're going down a rabbit hole um so uh, when i with the carvana experience i had got to the point i had executed the contracts already i had proof of insurance that i had to show when i picked when they delivered the car they had already seen the front and back of my driver's license i was expecting that the paperwork would be would be fast was it was it different when you went to their their shop it took a few days now i, I did get a i did get a um took a loan out for the car and i wanted to get it through my bank it was about maybe four tenths of a percentage point cheaper you can finance through carvana that would have been the fastest simplest way and a lot of folks for finance for them their financing wasn't bad it was just it was better at my local bank um and we're talking about maybe 10 bucks a month or something like that some some very small amount right um but that's just how i am so uh getting the financing probably took the long pole in the tent and that was a function of my bank uh, getting the loan approved and having those two talk now the, my bank and Carvana are supposed to be partners and it was right around the holiday so I can't really tell our listeners how long it would normally take but it, it appeared to me they could get the, the deal done probably in a day or two hmm. yeah uh, that's stuff is a hassle so I mean it's worth it to have somebody who does it all the time do it for you I don't know about you I've never I have yet to go register a car at the Department of Motor Vehicles I I have done that because I've bought used cars before from private sellers so I have done that before um I think the thing here is I think if you would buy the car directly from them and use their financing, I probably could have shaved a day off or two. And and I don't know if it'd be instantaneous in that case, but maybe pretty close where you could log in and get the car the next day, if you will. Hmm. So getting the getting the outside financing was the long pole in the tent. And the fact that I was doing it right around the Christmas holiday didn't help anything out. So I, I would argue that uh, in big picture, this is saving me a lot of money because uh, with I ended up not buying from Carvana, but I bought from CarMax, which uh, has a lot of similar similarities, and that it, it makes the used car buying experience uh, very similar to the new car buying experience. They'll take trade-ins, which I didn't happen to have in this particular case, but they'll do the paperwork, they'll detail the car, and um, uh, so it definitely saves money over buying a new car. Uh, or you get more car, however you want to look at it. But uh, um, I guess you pointed out to me, it doesn't actually save you money off of buying a used car from a private individual. Yeah, I mean, I would say this, being kind of the like the cheapskate <laughs> of the podcast, um, it, thing one is it's really cool to see all the cars, and they describe the car very well. So they describe there was, hey, there was a little bit of nick on this mirror and a little you know chip here, and when I went to inspect the car pretty much their inspection that did was spot on the price of their vehicle was in line with say the other dealer that i was looking at so i was looking another dealer similar car Uh, the thing for our audience is the buying a used car saves you a boatload of money because in the first year the average car depreciates 20 percent and then every year after about 10 percent so i think the sweet spot for a lot of folks should be looking at a three-year-old car coming off lease the car I got was 35,000 miles. It's a, it was in really good condition. I was surprised how nice the inside was. And I think that's the sweet spot because that car is depreciated by 40%. If you can buy that car and hold it till it's 10 years old, which is I try to do with my cars, you're going to save a boatload of money over buying, buying new. 
Um, from, a, from a perspective, I've bought used cars before from private sellers, so I think you get a better value there. Uh, and so when I looked at the Carvana experience, it was good, it was less hassle, I got the exact color and model I wanted. It wasn't any cheaper than buying it elsewhere, but it was a lot less hassle. But the price wasn't, say, better than other used car dealers. It was about what I could consider the going rate for that for that vehicle. Well, let me ask you though, Dave, how many how many hours do you think you saved by not doing the registration and um, and um, I don't know by having more inventory available than you'd get by going through uh, Auto Trader or something like that. I think I would guess you probably save ten hours of time or something like that. Because frankly, the other car I wanted to buy, I live in the Phoenix metro area, which is very for our, some folks who are not familiar with this a spread out metro area. And the car of interest, I actually couldn't get to it back with my electric cars. We we had a podcast a few weeks ago about electric cars, and I, I I could not get from work after work to go see the car and drive back to my house without stopping to charge, if you will, because our the car was is roughly um, something like 40 miles from my house and I didn't have enough charge that day uh, and so you think about maybe all the time you'd have to go to see dealer one versus dealer two versus dealer three it saved a lot of time and so that's a good point if you're a super busy person don't have the time perhaps you know you, you got both spouses working kids etc it can save you a lot of time because you can do all the shopping at home so from that perspective it was very very nice yeah I, I avoided one reason I didn't I, I've only bought this is probably second used car I've bought that I can think of. I've had other ones where it they got surfed from family members, but that's kind of a different thing because your friction costs are so much lower. But one reason I, I avoided buying used cars is, like you said, you keep your car for ten years until they're essentially worn out. Uh, but if you bought one that was a lemon and you hated it you'd be likely to sell it after two years. So my thought was, like you say, the sweet spot was two or three years, um, that there was a decent chance that those were crappy cars that people decided they didn't like. Cars are much better now than they used to be when, when we started driving, though. Yeah, they are. And, and to one thing I'd recommend to our readers is re- I get consumer reports, read consumer reports. Um, they'll give you the reliability breakdown um, based on actual user experience, I think that's a good indicator. So if I've bought eh, about half the cars I've gotten in my life have been used cars. And generally, I'll look at the Consumer Reports articles about them and see what reliability. And Consumer Reports will break it down by year as well. So you kind of know what you're getting into. Now, your particular car could be worse because the person didn't take care of it. I think for a lot of our Listeners buying a car off a lease where people know they have to take care of it because you're going to get you're going to pay for it if you don't maintain it well um, is probably a good bet. And cars are so much better now than they used to be. I mean, none of this change in the oil every three thousand miles. I mean, you buy a particularly uh, an, an Asian car. Well, that's not true. A modern car. They they don't take that much maintenance and with the widespread use of leasing there's a lot of lightly used cars out there um two three four years old that are are probably deserving of another uh loving owner yeah yeah so i would say it depends on the car there were certain there are certain cars based on reliability reports that i'm just not going to buy and so for me personally i don't worry about that because i'm going to read the reliability reports from consumer reports and just I'm going to weed out things that 
appear to be not reliable because um, I'm just not going to mess with it. Yeah, this uh, vehicle I just acquired is got lots of miles on it, but it's still under a bumper-to-bumper factory warranty. The uh, the Korean manufacturers have these sixty thousand bumper-to-mile bumper-to-bumper warranties, and then hundred thousand drivetrain. So, with uh, this is for my my sons to drive. Probably have low mileage on it. Will probably stay in warranty up until up until the end of the of the years. So, it's hard to be too worried about it. Yeah, you'll be fine because they're going to drive low miles. So they're going to, while that car has a lot of miles from the first year or so, you're not going to drive many miles on it. One thing that occurred to me too, I was, I don't know if you're familiar with Seth Godin. He has a a cool blog, but uh, he's a, a marketing guru and he talks about the difference between selling to professionals and selling to amateurs. And uh, it's, this is the converse of it. When we're buying a car from Carvana or CarMax, they're professionals, they're trying to do a good job, they're not emotional about it, but if you go buy somebody's uh, lightly used uh, SUV that their, you know, their wife or daughter drove, they're like, oh, that's not, they're emotionally invested in it, don't believe the condition is wrong, and might exaggerate the, uh, the value of it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's a good point. I th- and I think one thing that I'll say to our listeners is buying from a if if you're if you're going to look at a buying a used car and and you see ratings and I'll use consumer reports because I like to use them and it's a reliable car. I, the thing about talking to an owner is do you have maintenance records and you can get a feel for the person takes care of their car. So when I uh, I did not trade my car into Carvana. Uh, I did not trade my van in my 2005 van. They wanted to offer me 1,800 bucks. And I ended up selling it myself for 5,500 bucks and huge difference there. So I've never traded a car in and the the used car business, I don't think a lot of folks realize dealers make more money off of used cars than do of new cars. The margin on new cars is very, very tight, especially with lower priced cars. Um, The dealer will oftentimes have to pay 92% of the cost of the car. So their, their ability to make a profit on new car sale is very low. Now it gets higher with more expensive cars and fancier cars but my point is um, I didn't trade the car in because that's how folks make a lot of money and it was worth it to me to say clean the van out one time got the leaf blower out blew all the pine needles from the Christmas tree cleaned the dash off did the windows and I keep my stuff in pretty nice condition so it wasn't a lot of work to get it ready Um, but I think where I feel good about buying a used car is if I'm buying it from a guy like me where I can pull out all the maintenance records, I have a spreadsheet, I can show the person, they have a confidence from me that, hey, I've taken care of this thing. And if I see that from somebody else, I have that confidence. So if I go out and look at a car and it looks kind of beat up and the guy can't produce maintenance records, I kind of, you know, I, I maybe I might take a pass to that depending on what the car is. So how many times did you have to show the van, William, uh, David? Um, I actually, so I actually showed it one time and so when i posted the car i posted it on cars.com for free i've used auto trader a lot but i figured this time i just wanted to try cars.com they were free auto trader has a fee once you start posting that you get a lot of hokey people who are texting you and they're mainly dealers who want to buy the car from you and i got people texting me with crazy offers and just would ignore that i literally sold it to the first guy who came out because i just won't engage the nuttiness factor so um Sold it to the first guy who came out. So, I mean, you're you had clear title on that car. Um, 
how do you know? How did he pay for it? Did he have a big roll of hundred dollar bills or cashier's um, check? That's a good question. So I've um, he in this case, I just tell people I I prefer a cashier's check. So he had a cashier's check from a bank. He came out and looked at it on Monday night. Looked it over. Uh, I could tell that he was a serious buyer. He was a family guy. He brought his four kids and his wife with him, and. Uh, had a good vibe about him, if you will. He's not someone's trying to be goofy with me or trying to rip me off. And uh, he was appeared very serious. I said, "Just get the cashier's check. Call me the next day. Gave me the cashier's check." And what you do is you, I, I have to sign the title over and notarize it. You don't have to do that together. I just did that at my, uh, actually did it at at uh, the credit union that's really close to where I work. And then he comes by, hand him the title, which. Uh, makes things a lot easier so folks if you have a clear title which i did for the car because it's been paid off many years ago um, you just hand that to him and he hands me the cashier's check and it looks like a legitimate cashier's check from a major bank and we're good to go have you ever sold uh, a more expensive car where the you think the buyer might have been financing it i have um Yes, I have. Uh, and I, I'll back up. I've sold a car for cash as well. I had an old 1999 car that was involved um, in a minor fender bender, and it was beyond economical repair. So the cost of the repair was more than the car was worth. And I decided at that point to sell it. So I've sold it for cash. It was 900 bucks though. So I've just, you know, the guy's paying me in whatever, it was 20s or whatever. And um, he was actually... Uh, uh, someone that, that, that I knew or affiliated with, so it's not a not a big issue, if you will. I have sold a car. I had a car that I did not. It broke my rule in ter- terms about keeping a car for ten years. I had a little pocket rocket car that I thought probably wasn't the best car to have when I'm having um, a boy approaching driving age, and I didn't think through that one and decided to get my get rid of my little pocket rocket. In that case, I met the guy at his bank, and so he got a loan from his bank. We met at his bank close by, and then the bank gave me the check because. Because he was financing the car, it was about I think seventeen thousand dollars at that point that I sold the car for. So, but that was probably three, four thousand dollars more than you would have got for it as a trade-in. You think? Oh yeah, e- easily. So, I mean, it, it is a hassle to have to go do that, listeners. But I would say it's for me, it's worth it. And the thing about it is. It, you got a lot of goofiness when you're selling things like that. So just don't engage with the goofiness. Make people understand that you're serious about it. Post nice pictures. I had people texting me, you know, I'll come out today and buy your car for $4,000. Like, mm, I just would ignore that, if you will. Um, so that tends to keep the riffraff down, if you will. But it is a hassle. And this car was pretty easy. So the thing about it is... I, I would have got $1,800 for the trade and My wife will always tell me, oh, you're selling it too low, but I sold it for $5,500, right? And what I don't want to do is I don't want to hold out for top. I, I'm not I'm not doing this as a business, if you will. So perhaps if I entertained 30 people out over 30 days, I might have got $5,900 for the car, right? That's not worth it to me because I'm saving so much more money by selling it myself. I had one good experience with the trade-in. I... Uh well, it depends how you look at it, but I had that 2002 Porsche 911 that I bought in 2009, and right around, I drove it from 50,000 to over 100,000 miles, and it gets a little impractical as your kids get bigger, so I, I went to trade it in on a, a an Acura sedan, and they offered me something like $10,000 for a trade in it, and I got insulted and walked away from it, and about three months later, uh, 
uh, either the engine block cracked or one of the cylinders went out around. But uh, basically, I needed a eleven thousand dollar engine in a in a ten thousand dollar car. Um, so I, I, I screwed myself by not getting rid of it earlier. Uh, and I went and traded in on a, a 2016 Volkswagen, and they gave me $3,500 for it for a trade-in. So that's the only experience I've ever had where I got a trade-in and thought they paid me more than the car was worth. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. yeah. It, I think the thing for me is if I have something, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm going to get market price for it, if you will, you know. And I was just happy to, to be able to, I think I listed it on Saturday or Sunday, had it sold by Wednesday. And it's, pricing that van was kind of hard because it had super low miles on it. Um, I don't drive a lot. I had 99,000 miles on it for 2005 in really good condition. And when you try to, say, do comps on that, it's hard to find comps in the same range. And there was a huge range of comps. And, of course, dealers were charging a lot more. And that's the thing. This this guy, um, you know, probably thought he was getting a bargain. I thought I did pretty good in the car. Maybe could have hold out for a few hundred dollars more, right? But so he's happy. I'm happy. Um, and I, you know, clear another... Uh, uh, thirty-eight, thirty, um, $700 more than I would have if I had traded it in. I, I've never sold a car. I've always traded them in, sometimes, you know, given them to family members. But I, I worried about a car that's well used and might have something bad happen the next day just from having 100,000 miles on it. And uh, I, I always felt better just giving it to a dealer and letting them be in between me and any lemon laws or just bad feelings about dumping something on somebody. Um, you, but I guess as long as you price it fairly and, and reveal everything you know about it, that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I just try to be open kimono. I, I'll I'll have a spreadsheet I keep on everything that's wrong. Uh, I have a minivan that has one of those electric doors. I've had it replaced. The guy asked me about it, and I said, yeah, I've had the door replaced. It, it didn't work. Um, and certainly, if you look up that particular minivan, it is not the most reliable minivan in the world. But it is from a company that is a pretty, you know, makes pretty reliable cars overall. Um, so I have to figure that people should be doing some research to know what they're getting themselves into. But I'm not trying to hide anything from them, and they can see every single repair that I did on the car and the date and the, what it cost me, et cetera. So I think that helps people get their head wrapped around that there's risk on their side as well when you buy something like that, just like buying a, buying a used house, right? And you, you, you didn't see something in inspection, all of a sudden you realize you have something wrong with the roof or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I have to say I was very, um, I'm going to say I'm very happy with the experience going to CarMax. Um, they had the car where it was. The description matched. Um, I told them I was coming. They let me put a hold on the car before I left. Um, all of the cars were clean and out on the lot. I asked them. They had something like 400 cars in the inventory, clearly marked. All the doors are unlocked, so you can climb in and see if the back seat fits. Um, take a test drive. I did say... I know there are no dicker stickers, but I'm an old guy. Is there anything we can do with the price? And they say no. So that's great. I'm a little, I don't need that stress. But um, the car was clean and it was ready when I when they said it would be ready. Yeah, I think from Carvana perspective, I'm kind of neutral. The price was in line with other companies. There were three things that I, you don't get to look at the car until you get it that day. You get a seven day money back guarantee. And I will say that my sister got a car from Carvana. And what was good for her, she was really, she's really happy with it. She lives in a small town in upstate New York, 
Um, and their supply of used cars there is small, so they're able to look at it. And th- she couldn't get it delivered to her house. They had to actually meet the guy one town over, maybe 15 miles, because they were outside of the delivery radius. But being able to look at it online opens up the amount of cars that, that she can look at uh, tremendously. So that worked really worked out well for her. What I didn't like about the experience is when I went to show up for my car, it was obviously a gift and my wife liked it and it was a certain color that she wanted. It, it didn't have an owner's manual, so no big deal for me, but I ended up buying an owner ma- owner's manual for 70 bucks online on eBay. Um, it only came with one key, which would have been nice to know. It's one of those fancy electric keys, right, that's going to I haven't bought a new key yet. It's probably going to cost me two or three hundred dollars. And then it didn't have floor mats, no biggie. So I got some floor mats, some custom floor mats, which cost ninety bucks. But that kind of irritated me a bit. But when you're giving as a gift, then your spouse is really happy about it, and they have it in hand already. It's hard to send the thing back, right? Uh, yes. And by contrast, when um, at CarMax, when they washed the car and brought it around, they put a big yellow ribbon on the hood uh, and took a picture of me holding the key um, and they said we're sorry there's one key here CarMax delivers every car with two keys so we're ordering it today call us and we'll get you this a, a second key hmm interesting yeah um, so I, I was impressed by that so I, I will probably look there I'm pretty well set for cars for a while now, but that I'll probably look there for the next used car. It, and you, you make a good point as I'm thinking about your point. You saved a lot of time doing that, right? You know, you're a busy guy, you, you got your spouse works. So being able to do that online, that's probably a good point with our listeners to say, hey, you don't have to drive all over Northern California to, to find something and go to, say, five different places, which could be... Um, 40 miles apart in some cases to go find that car. It does save a huge amount of time. Yeah. I'm, I'm texting you a picture, Dave, of uh, me with a new car. All right. Um, so uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, uh, I talked to you before we started recording to see if you had any podcasts to recommend. And uh, Well, uh, I do, I'm not a... It's funny. We're doing a podcast. Uh, I'm not a big podcast listener because I've told our listeners before, I generally listen to the news on NPR while I'm driving in the car or I listen to a lot of music. But since you are a much bigger podcast guy than I am, I have been checking out. I do get the New York Times and I'm interested in New York Times because my daughter lives in New York City and I like to get a little local flavor. I have been listening to the, the Daily, which is a podcast from the New York Times and our listeners might be interested it's it'll have a 15 minute deep dive on some topic every day it could be news or politics so listeners might want to check that out oh great well and our listeners out there are there podcasts that you like because uh, if you like our podcasts and you like other ones our other listeners maybe it's just one listener would probably like it as well so uh, send us an email dave squared podcast at outlook.com all right, Mr. Kramer. We'll All call right, it Mr. a wrap. Mr. Belasco, I know you got a hard out, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for your time. All right, bye now. Bye.